Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where the wealth within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader or investor. Wealth Within was voted number three for stock market podcast globally in 2018, so I hope you enjoy listening. This episode is a recording of our live YouTube weekly stock market show. Every Tuesday night, Dale and Janine stream live on YouTube from 7 to 8pm to answer your most burning questions, as well as analyse stock for our viewers. To watch the show, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the stock market show under the Learning Centre. As a global leader in stock market education, you can fast track your journey towards financial freedom by studying with Wealth Within. Please note that the information in this podcast should not be considered personal financial advice. Good evening and welcome to the Australian Stock Market Show. Tonight we'll answer your most burning questions around trading and investing and we'll get into the charts and explore stocks that you've asked us to take a look at. And of course, we've got another great topic tonight, which is investing in stocks in 2021. Hot tips to find the top stock picks. Do you like that? Mm, I do. Bit of a t- tongue twister there. Hello, I'm Janine Cox and joining me tonight is, of course, Dale Gillam and we're Australia's most trusted stock market educators. Tongue twister. You did very well for a tongue twister. I thought I was going to get stuck on it, but I managed to get that one out. Well, didn't you didn't moz yourself, so that was pretty good. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I just keep, like, there's less of me today than what there was last week. You're fading. I'm fading. <laughs> I put my jacket on and I could see my toes through my jacket. I was like, Whoa. You said that last week. Are we going to get this no, running last commentary? week it was the collar. So oh, I've got okay. a tighter collar on today. Okay. So I've got a smaller shirt on today, but my, right. well, my suit doesn't shrink with me. Okay. so They you should su- make shrinking suits. Soon you'll have to hand that in to one of the op shops and then go and get another one. <laughs> I'm not op shops. <laughs> don't you give donations? No, clubs? I donate them to the That's op shop. I mean. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, sorry. I'll... So you go and buy another suit. Oh, I thought you meant get you another suit from the op shop. Anymore. I'm thinking you're insulting my suit. <laughs> this is tailor made. Is it? This one was tailor made in Singapore. Yeah. Did you go over there to get it? Yeah, I got a couple. Okay. Lovely. Uh, but when I was fatter. Okay, so own. now you can go and buy Australian made, right? I will. I'll go and get some Australian made. Put some pressure on there. God. Well, remember, this is your show, so if you do have a burning question for us, don't just sit there, do something, which means send us an email or better still, upload a 30-second video of yourself um, and send it to Dropbox um, or send us the link. Put it in the Dropbox and send us the link. Now, remember to send all of your questions through to info at wealthwithin.com.au and type Wealth Within Live in the subject line. And as always, we'll give preference to subscribers as you are the awesome people who support this show. So if you do want to join in on the conversation, remember first, subscribe now um, to support the show and then send us your question. Okay, moving on. It is the third Tuesday of the month and this means that we look at world markets. So let's take a look at the charts now. Okay, I just managed to get this one up for you. you this did. is the, the yearly uh, picture of the leaderboard. Now we can see there that, interestingly, the Hang Seng's up the top. China. This was from 1 January to now. Yeah, 11.4%. Yeah. India, right behind. Still doing well. The Nikkei, so it's all the Asian markets Japan. that are actually the leaders. And the Nasdaq, Composites in, the, in fourth place. And then we've got Tokyo, another Asian market, up 8 Shanghai Nasdaq as well, just underneath that. And then Shanghai Comp up five. So we're seeing a big shift Hmm. in everything. So this means that the money is moving around the world again. 
Yeah, I noticed that the other day when I was looking at it for the um, my um, market update for Flex, I was just gone blank. Have you ever been blanking? No, you would never have been blank. Um, when I was doing my market update for Flex, when I went through this, I was noticing, noticing Europe was lower, slower, um, but Asia was doing quite well. I'm so glad you answered your own question because you were likely to get some something firing back at you. I'll probably get some cheeky response from you. That's I probably... just looked at the wrong camera. That's good, isn't it? Okay, so, let's have a look down at the Australian market. We can see there the All Ordinaries Index up 4.4%. S&P 200 up 4. So there we are. Yep. Yeah. And then we've got underneath that the CAC up 4.23. The DAX actually is lagging quite behind 1.6% up the German market and then the New Zealand mm. index is down four and this was right up there wasn't it? Well New Zealand was one of the that and India last year were mm. the two best performing ones that we saw. Underneath now, the American market? No mm. it actually did better than the American market from memory I think. No the tech sector remember pushed the American oh, market. Oh okay to yeah it did two of this thing but it's interesting seeing the Dow Jones is you know up 2.7 yeah. So a little bit slower than the rest of the, the US market because obviously, you know, we've got the S&P 500 up 4.5 and obviously the uh, NASDAQ comp up here at 8.77. But interestingly, mm. and what I was talking about on, on Monday in my Flix report, so if you haven't seen it, go to Flix, F-L-I-X-X dot net um, and go into business and finance and you'll see Janine's good looking face and my um, smiling face as well and we talk about we have lots of interviews but we actually cover I cover every week I cover this so you can have a look at what I'm thinking of the US market mm. but what I looked at was the fang stocks as well and the fang stocks haven't been moving mm -hmm. so and the fang stocks are the bigger tech stocks so what is moving the tech sector Mm -hmm. That's the interesting question, isn't it? We'll get to that at some stage okay. on another show. If, oh, is that another show, is it? Well, if people write to us and tell us they want to hear about that, okay, then so we will. you have to send us an email into info at Wealth Within if you want to see Janine cover the tech stocks in the US. So to, mm -hmm. let's just have a look at the month and see yep. what we've got there. So you can see at the top of the leaders board there for the month, we've got 12.68% so for India again. Uh, Asian market's still up the top. NASDAQ composite in that top section as, as well. But then have a look. The All Ordinaries mm. Index is 4% up for the month. So a lot of the gains that we've seen for the All Lords has been for yeah. this particular month, which is yeah. good to see. So Asian markets, do you think they've been rising for the year but now based on the... Because it's the start of the year and we know that um, we've just seen the um, mm -hmm. most important period on the Chinese calendar occur and it's now the year of the ox instead of the year of the I think it was the rat last year was it? I oh, know it was a stinky year so wasn't it's it? changed over. I think it was a dead rat. <laughs> so this is all about lungs isn't it? Now we've still got that with the ox but the ox is obviously a lot stronger so it's, mm. it's still about working hard which a lot of people may not want to hear but it should be a more prosperous year overall um, when compared to, to last year for a lot of people in terms of the, the, the health of people. It should be improving, but, but we've still got that overarching issue. Are we going to have a look at some of the charts um, of some of these? Did you want to look at one in particular? Well, I was thinking Well, what was going through my mind at the moment is obviously Australia's a lot more aligned to Asia and mm. some of what we're doing. And you've got Australia, we still haven't made a new all-time high since pre-COVID. So February yep. last year was our all-time high. There are other markets that haven't made all-time highs, but the Dow, the S&P and the and the NASDAQ mm -hmm. all are in your all-time highs at the moment. So it's a little bit different. So I'd like to have a look at some of the Asian markets and look at their charts to see, because the, I think the Asian charts are going to give us much more of a feel of where the all odds will go, mm -hmm. given that we're probably a little bit more aligned to that. Look, not all of them are. There's, there's a couple of them that mm. are more 
aligned with us than others. But like, let's let's have a look at what you're saying. So do you want to just do that or do we want to scroll through the list? Which way would you like to go? Up to you. You're controlling the mouse. All right. Um, yeah, I think that's probably a bad idea. Is that idea. a dangerous thing? You've been controlling I think you it? you better have a look at that. <laughs> what have you done? <laughs> How about we just bring up a couple? So there's the, there's the, that's a one day one. So let's go on to a monthly one for the Nikkei. And obviously, oh, we need to update the data on this on this section. So we can't actually look at that. But let's look quickly. Well, the last few months yeah. is a good indicator of any of everything that's going on in that market, though. But what you're saying is you want to have a look at all-time highs and see what's happening. Yeah, so there's the Shanghai Composite. So there's the monthly chart on the Shanghai Comp. And look at its all-time highs way back there in China. And obviously, there's something wrong with their data at the moment. It's day or so old, but that's pretty close to where it's been. So our market hasn't been really performing strongly. It has done okay since the yeah. COVID low, but we're not above its high. Um, but we so, don't look anything like the Shanghai Comp. No, we it's don't far look, more yeah. volatile market than, than our market. There's your, there's your S&P 500, and this is a monthly chart. So you can see here it's a very strong bar this month and looking high. So if you want to hear my thoughts on the S&P, just go to the, the recording that we did for Flix. Um, but if we go up. through this way and we look at the FTSE, uh, again, the FTSE, look That's at this. It's starting to look nice now, it's, though. It is starting to look really nice. But again, it's nowhere near its all-time mm. high. Um, and obviously, there we have the Hang Seng. Now, the this other... is the one that looks more like our market. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So that's what I'm saying is, is there something correlation to this? Mm -hmm. So maybe we might bring this up at another time. What do you reckon? Yeah, look, we've done lots of analysis on this in the past. We're comparing the Hang Seng to the Australian market mm. in terms of its cyclical nature. So I think that'd be a really interesting discussion. But again, people have to vote for that. They do. If you, <laughs> if you send Janine an email and vote for it, then she might. we might actually bring it up for you as part of our studies anyway. But right, I, think I think that's think... it for the markets, isn't it? All right. We both are excited to see a video question from Francois. Now, let's get into that. Good day, Dale and Janine. Francois here. I have a question about money management in my portfolio. Let's say I have six stocks of $1,000 each. One of those stocks rise by 20% and trigger my sell rules. I sell it for $1,200. My question now, I have a thousand two hundred dollars. Do I buy my next stock for a thousand two hundred, or just a thousand to keep my portfolio balanced? Would love to hear your answer. Um, great idea about the book signing. Thanks. Bye. What a great question. That's a super question, isn't it? <laughs> Nobody's asked us that before. No, no, they don't. Most people just sort of... Especially not on video. Especially not on video. Thanks, Francois, for, for sending that question through. Mm. And I suppose the answer we've got, we've got multiple answers for that question. It depends on whether somebody's a trader and a whole range of things. And But looking at from a point of view... Keeping saying, it simple first. I've got six stocks mm. and now I've made $200 profit. Do I put that into... And I've sold the stock. Do mm -hmm. I put that all of it back into one more position and part of it is is what when you started dividing up the one thousand dollar positions did you start off with ten thousand and then put one thousand in each and had six stocks i mean six thousand invested so you've got more money left to put in more positions so what is the total number of positions you're balancing out to is it eight or is it nine or ten or eleven or twelve that's one question and the second so that's thing what is, you talk about in your book isn't it yeah that's what Eventually i talk about getting in to my eight book. to twelve yeah, yeah, so if you're in that process of where you've you know, you bought one or two stocks for 1000 and you're slowly building it out, I would just keep putting $1,000 in. That's what I would keep doing until you've got about 10 stocks with 1000 that you've put in. Um, and then from that point in, you might want to compound like you're talking about adding that, doing $1,200 the next time. You might want to do that. But there's mm. two answers really is just keep the same position sizing all the time or use it a compounding like you are doing and both have positives and negatives around them. 
Well, there's a different way too. Mm. I mean, if you study the course, then there's other ways, but it's up to people to choose to, based on where their level of knowledge doing is. doing our trading mentor course, but okay. don't quote me. I'm pretty sure he is. Oh, so. good on him for starting. But Fantastic. Geez, if you've got access to support, guess who you're going to send the email to? <laughs> <laughs> so, but anyway, but let's move on to the, to the next question. Thank you, Francois, for that. Um, he said, or the next question is from somebody called Peter. So hello, Peter. He's a good looking dude like me. Um, he says, hi, Dale and Janine. I've been investing trading now for about 20 years. Well done. Um, with mixed results, mainly positive, though. I have read many books on trading. However, it was not until I read your books that it was made so simple. Well, thank you for that. My question is, do you look at the ASX short sales before making a trade? And what percentage of the stock shorted should I be concerned about kind regards Peter well thank you for the nice comments I really think that was mm. really nice that you're doing it hopefully you're following the rules in the book so it will actually get you much more consistency I think that's a probably one of the things I find most with people giving feedback about the book is they now get more consistency in their trading they suffer a lot less losses mm. um, but and they make more profits uh, just by following the book but what's the answer to the question well look I mean no is the simple answer Yes, mm. that was my answer, but I thought I'd give him a longer one. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, it's you know, not really What about the rest relevant. of the question, uh, the answer, in terms of it depends on the liquidity of the share? Yeah. To me, when with the book, I talk about you know, keeping your trading simple, but the more things you've got to look at, the more things, if you go and look at a stock and you go, oh, wow, the percentage short sold is X, Y, or Z, whatever that is, it might cause you to make a decision that may be detrimental to your portfolio, an emotional one. So... But really, is, is the stock going up or is it going down? The trend is the first thing, always, making sure you're buying with the trend. That's the first one. So that's my answer to your question, Peter. But thanks for sending it in. So that's it for me. That's great. The next email question we have is from Nick. Now, my question, as I'm not up to it yet, is when should I look to sell my Afterpay shares? I bought them at $30 or $30 mark and I've seen some very healthy returns. I'm letting it run while it is, but I'm worried about what sign to look for as a sell trigger. What would a simple strategy to use be? Thanks, Nick. Okay, Afterpay. We've got it there on the chart. We've marked it down there. We can see where Nick's bought it, right down there at the bottom. So he's got a pretty healthy profit sitting right there right down, now. Yeah. Not yeah. much to be concerned about right now. Yeah, I'd say go surfing, mate. That's what I'd say. <laughs> There's no indication whatsoever about a sell yet. I mean, if, you know, if he's, he's got your book, that's probably a good place to start. Well, the book tells him. Um, to me, just read Drawing a trend line underneath yeah. the rise. But the, the challenge is when stocks blow off like this and they accelerate really strongly away from the trend is then waiting for the next trend line to be, to be able to be drawn. That's yeah, always probably. a test, isn't it, for, of people? Yeah, probably my answer to him is don't jump. Don't be trying to eke out the last cent out of the stock. Mm. Um, sometimes you see people, they jump way too early because they go, oh, it's down a couple of days, I'll get out. Or they'll see some news and they jump out. But sometimes people go, oh, it, it drops for 5% and then they go, oh, no, when it gets back to where I paid for it or back up to the previous top, I'll sell out then. Mm. So, and then they play this game. If, you're gonna, if you decide you want to sell, sell it. But just go and follow what's in the book. There's a couple of different rules for exiting that I've talked about in my book. So just go back it, into that. It is that. challenging for people because if mm. they haven't learned how to do these things properly, 
you know, it's it's not, it's not going to be easy for somebody. Oh, seriously, it's to not do an it. easy thing to do. That's why most people don't know how to sell. Yeah. Um, and people they think, well, yeah, I teach it in the book in a simple way in terms of trend lines and some other basic things that are really simple. But I can't that, get any more simpler than what's in the book. Yeah, but then mm. then you can have situations where stocks fall quickly, mm. um, and then you're you're sitting there looking at it. If you've only got one rule in your kit bag, it's like, well, what do I do now? Well, yeah, you can. Yeah. Do yeah. I wait for that trend line exit, or do I should I be selling before that? You know, that's the other. Thing. Yeah, and it's not. Well, I think what you're trying to say is it's it's. Whilst there's some simple rules in the book, there's situations not that, that there's, you need to be able it's to manage. Context relevant. Mm. I think that's it. And, and we always, numerous times we've said it's context as well as the content. So what's the content of a context of what it's actually doing right now? Is the stock rising, falling? How's it working right now? looks good mm. it looks really good so stay with it while okay. it's going up um, but now the next question we have is from Andrew who says hello Dale and Janina I bought Kina Securities KSL at 85 cents in December if it breaks above a dollar 15 and stays above there then I'm thinking of adding to my position I'd like to hear your opinion on this stock and my strategy so would you add to your position on this stock if you're holding it? you can see the chart there I don't add to positions why not we talked about that two weeks ago. I know. I disagree with you. Why? Because you can actually, well, if, if you believe that a stock continue trending and you, mm -hmm. and you, um, you know, you think it's got further upside, why wouldn't you look at adding an additional strategy in there to maximise that upside? Do you not? But how do you know? But you never know anything. It's mm. like when you go into your first buy trade mm. on a particular stock, you never know. But it's how you add to that position that's the important thing of managing Correct. the risk, which is what and most people do it wrong. Yeah, which is what we learnt years and years ago. I mean, it wasn't mm. us that invented that concept. It was mm. someone else who invented that concept. But it's it's just logic, isn't it, really, when you think about it? Well, it is. To me, if, you're, if you want to add to your position, that, that there's two, two things. One is that you may not have taken a full position in the first place. If you mm. haven't, then why not? Yeah. Um, and secondly, if you have taken a full position... Why are you adding to it? Mm. Because yeah, I understand you're in profit, but then when you're adding to it, and can I can I mm, can I draw it. a little bit? Um, I'm going to use the trend arrow tool. If I've got it, I'm pretty sure I've got it on here. If I've got you know this sort of stuff going on, um, and I and I've bought in down here, and I've and the stocks moved right up through to here, and then it comes down for let's say for a week or so, and I go, oh, I'm going to add into this, and I add in through here. Then what I don't know, if it does this, starts to fall away, I might be still in profit with this one, but now I'm in loss with this one that I bought in here. So it's about understanding where the peak of the trend is or how far it's likely to go. And if you don't understand where, how far it's gonna go, you could be buying, Let, let's, he's saying buying at a above $1.15, I think he said, isn't it? Um, if it, and I'm not sure, probably that's probably where it's talking about, if it gets above that. But how far is it likely to rise above a dollar fifteen? Well, that's where the bigger 20. picture analysis. See, uh, you know, if people mm. know how to analyze a chart and put the bigger picture analysis on it, mm. they know the levels that are important for any stock. Yeah. So I'm not saying this person doesn't know that, mm. but I'm just saying is most people don't know how to predict how far a stock will True. rise. Yeah. And therefore, they could be buying at the end, and that's mm. where that adding to the position gets really. Well, look, risky. you're always going to potentially be, you know, mm. you could be potentially adding at the end, but you could add a number of times on a run. Correct. And it could be a really nice little income strategy along the way to be able to do that and that being able to sell off 
of the ones that you actually got in or sold a lot once it starts mm. taking off on, on the downside. Ooh, now we're getting into a whole show of content, aren't we? Mm. It's a lot. That's another topic <laughs> that we could talk about. All right. Um, but right now, what do you think of the stock just before I move on? I think it looks good at the moment. Okay. Um, and I think that he's got really good f a thought process in yep. terms of waiting for that trend to confirm and he's in profit on it. So it's a question about whether he wants to take the risk and what that risk means to his overall portfolio, like what you alluded to before. So you got thumbs up from Janine and I'm, I'm... In terms of the stock at the moment, but yep. I think he's right. Like in terms of getting above that a dollar, to me it's about a dollar ten. Yep. Uh, if it gets above that level then and it closes strongly above that level, mm. it's likely to keep going All longer. Right. Cool, mm. you've got Janine's um, stamp of approval, so to speak. Uh, but the next question we got reads, uh, actually, I actually don't even know who it's from. We didn't put it in there. It says, good afternoon, Dale and Janine. Uh, oh, here we go. My name is Des. Well done, Des. He says, I've been watching your show regularly and the quality of your work you put out every week is just fantastic. Thank you very much for that. I plan to take one of your courses in the near future and become more knowledgeable about the stock market. I would like to hear your thought on Zip or Z1P. Awesome. Um, it has been range bound with strong resistance at around $11 mark. I'd like to hear your thoughts about this stock as I'm prepared to buy if it continues to consistently trade above $11. Now I know it took off over the last day or so. It's been a lot in the news so I'm Yeah, how do you buy that? Like it's just so volatile and and it's already taken off. It's now $14 so perhaps that, you know, he sent the email on in and it's done that subsequent to, the, to his email. I'm not sure. Yeah, well this bar last week we're talking about it, we'd traded through $11. So if he was waiting for a close above $11, he didn't get it because it closed at 10.83. So what was he talking about there? Um, well, did he want it to just, close He above? just wants it to be above $11 if so, it manages to hold above $11. Yeah, so unless he bought it through here, it opened 11.06. So if he bought it in, you'd be doing really, really well, but it's really vertical. Mm. Um, so just, I suppose it's running on a little bit of news because a couple of people have brought it up in the last few days with me. So I think it may be... There might, might be, be some something talk written around, around it, it. Mm. being right, written around it at the but moment. But then in the past, it's only gone up for about four months mm. consistently before it's then dropped away again. So how many months has it been rising? Two. It might rise for another one or two. Okay. So help, Des. If if he hasn't got in it already at eleven dollars or just above it, what would you do? And what would I do if I was looking at this? I wouldn't be buying it. But that's okay. just me. That's just you. Mm. There you go. That's our take on. Um, Z1P. All right. The next email we have is Apoorva. Hi, Dale and Janine. I think we've heard from you before. Yeah, we wanted did. to highlight these, the fees charged by online brokers. It could be like uh, $22 for a buy or $11 and a sell, $11. If I'm buying 500 shares at 10, 12, and the mo movement for these shares is, for example, 20 cents up, say I make $100 gross after waiting for a couple of weeks or months. However, my net gain would be only $78. Um, after I sell, wanted to know your thoughts about what strategy we should use to get better returns on investments or pay lower fees. Thanks, Apoorva. Now, this is always the challenge, isn't it, for people when they're looking to get into the market and they've only got small amounts of capital mm. and they don't want to risk everything, you know, and, and, and it's good that they're that's actually... That's a $5,000 position but on those prices. Yeah, but it's good to actually be trading with smaller holdings yeah. than to be trading with, you know, ten, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 to start with. Correct. But I mean, on $5,000, what you're looking at is generally brokerage in and outs roughly anywhere between 1% and 2% of a trade. Mm -hmm. Correct? Mm -hmm. So therefore, when you're picking trades, you're looking to pick trades with at least a minimum level of growth that you're going to get mm. or what you believe based on your analysis. And I know we sell at least 10%. Well, but, it could be a lot less mm. if you're using an online broker and they have those um, offers where they 
charge maybe fifteen or thirty dollars. What not... I'm getting at, it's not it's not the brokerage; it's the issue. It's the picking of the stock and where you're buying it. Exactly. Because, because that 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 those pricing that was a two percent gain mm. on a five thousand dollar trade, which means two percent in five thousand dollars is not necessarily a good stock pick. So it's about making your stock pick better in mm. my choice and looking at well, what is the upside. If there's ten or twenty or thirty percent upside, then the two percent is irrelevant, or one or two percent brokerage is irrelevant right. in the larger scheme of things. Now, to me, it's focusing on the wrong thing. You should be focusing on get better trades, not necessarily looking at whether the brokerage is five, ten, or fifteen, or twenty dollars. Mm -hmm. You know, because it's not a lot of money. Twenty dollars yeah. is not a money to buy and sell a share. It's bugger all. If you've got a good broker, so pick better trades. That's mm -hmm. all I'm saying. And today we're going to show you on our topic, aren't we? We are. Now, before we get into the topic, we hope that you're enjoying the show so far. We've got lots more to come, and before we get into that. Now is the perfect time to hit that subscribe button and also like the video. Remember, those who email in a video question during the month of February will go into the draw to win a signed copy of Dale's book, Accelerate Your Wealth, and we'll announce the winner at the end of February. So remember, you must email in your video question, fire up your camera and get talking. Now, it is time that we get into the topic for tonight, which is investing in stocks in 2021, how hot tips to find top stock picks. Recent headlines have alluded to people making profits by following chat forums and acting on free stock tips. As a result, a number of stocks have risen to dizzying heights with some individuals making money, but many more have lost thousands following the herd. More interesting is how the, in the previous 12 months, there has been record levels of people entering the market for the first time, but most are unaware where to invest their money in the stock market in 2021. The problem is what they will have heard about most of the hype when stocks are being ramped up. And GameStop is one example, and you will rarely hear about the people who have lost following that hype. This creates false belief that you have to find the next GameStop to make money, which simply isn't true. Now, savvy investors know that taking hot stock tips is not the way to be consistently profitable over time. Success comes from developing your own approach to finding the best stocks in the market. We want you to be successful so that you're going into shares with some insights about the approach. And we're gonna share some of that with you today, our particular approach we take to finding the best performing stocks. So you can consider how to develop your own approach. Now, obviously this is at a high level or a more basic level to what we actually do. Also this year, there are a number of reasons why you need to be careful when navigating your way through the market. And we want you to watch out for these. We will also provide you with tips on how to find the best stock picks in 2021. Mm, geez, I know that one for sure. Um, but I know if you've watched this show before that you know what my thoughts are on stock tips. Now, I've got a couple of images if the guys tell me they want to put them up. So I hope it's not one of me. Are you trying to get me back now for the Santa? <laughs> no, no, but I just thought, I was just thinking, what's a visual thing to show people how generally they pick stocks? And the mm. first one is an image of a Where's Wally book. And that's I find it. that's where most people, actually they're looking at everything and they're saying, oh, I'm going to scan the whole market, the top mm. 500 stocks and all these algos and trying to scan. And they're watching every YouTube video, trying to get hot tips and everything else. Whereas... You and me and the good investors and good traders, we're snipers. Mm. And so it's honing in on exactly where Wally actually is mm. or that little space around where he is, which is the hot spot. And that's what we're actually looking at. Yeah. So I thought I'd actually Kids bring... Kids love that. 
game, Where's Wally? Is it they still do around? Love Where's Wally? Yeah, they, well, they're books and stuff like that, and there's videos now or something. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. Maybe Wally's more popular than the Wiggles. I'm okay. not sure. But I don't have children, so I don't have to worry about that. Mm. But again, it's so, about it's about focus, not actually breadth. And I'm seeing a lot of people look at the U.S. market, and I don't know how many times somebody said to me. Oh, you know, I want to look at the US market because there's more stocks. Hey, how long do we have to wait to see this? Have you shown it? Yeah, the guys have shown it oh, already. Okay. So they did that in the background. So I had it all teed up. I even threw them five bucks to do it. So what's next? What's next? That's you. <laughs> and that's why we created the courses, so that you don't need to be a follower and look for where's Wally. <laughs> you can find profitable trades that will suit the way that you want to trade. And we share all you need to know to be successful and to find the best trading opportunities in our courses. So make sure that you check them out. Now, okay, let's get into some key areas of our approach that you need to be safe and successful in the market over time. Now, just as you need a map to find your way to a particular destination, or maybe even find Wally, you need a map of the stock market to find the best stocks. And once you have gained the knowledge and developed the skills, you'll be able to put all this into practice yourself. And the process starts by looking at the big picture. This means go from reviewing the market to the, to the sectors. You'll have heard us talking about the sectors in the brief that we did last week. Oh, yeah, we got. Well, that's the first place we look at, isn't it, in terms of looking at that overall market, how it performs. So looking at the All Lords, looking at the sectors, the mm. indices within the All Lords, like the top 20, top 50, top 100, that. Then we look at the sectors and look at what some sectors I think you better slow down because there's people here who don't know what you're talking about. So when we talk okay. about the markets each week, each, you know, once mm -hmm. a month, we talk about that. So we start with a big picture on what's happening on the market. So you'll come up yep. with what you think the direction's likely to be on the All Ordinaries Index. And that sets the scene for how we're looking at the market mm. overall. So yeah. if we think that the market's going up, yeah. then we're more likely to be bullish on, uh, on, on the stocks that we're purchasing, say, in the pool of the Australian market. And then we start to go down to look at the sectors, don't we, in the... Well, we do. We're looking at the, where the sectors, like we were talking last year at the end of last year, materials, energy and financials. Mm. Now, energy's took off, materials did really well and financials. Yeah, but out. people think that they look at what we're doing on the show and they think, well, that's all you do to find sectors. So we sit there and we look at the sectors mm. each um, once a month, but that's definitely not all we do. Okay. Um, there's a lot of information that goes on to each chart. Well, obviously. not all sectors unfold the same, do they? No, that's right. Really? And that's why you've got to be looking at them. You've got to analyse the sectors like you do analyse a stock. Okay, so are we going to show them how to exam an example of a sector that we like? Are All we right. going to be doing that? So now, we're going to show you some practical stuff now. We are. Now, most of you know, as Dale said, um, that we, we like the energy sector. So we know that some of you are yet to start one of our courses and we want to keep it really simple. So let's have a look at one of these uh, sectors that we like in Optima, which is energy. I've got there up on the screen for you. So you can see in the big picture, yeah. energy was falling for a long time and COVID helped push it to a new low last mm. year that frankly, I wasn't expecting it to go that low. Um, no, and, I wasn't either. Yeah, so it was really surprising to both of us to see the energy sector go lower sometimes that can actually be a really good thing mm. because you look at that and you think, okay, well, it's unlikely to go lower than it has now, given it's gone through particular levels that we found on the sector. And we, yes. at, when you have a forecast for how a particular sector is likely to unfold, then you, you will often mm. have two or three levels that you think could be important for the stock or the sector. You do. Now, this has fallen down to the next one, to the next level at around 5,000 points when COVID hit. So now that it's pushed up off that and it's actually poison looking really nice, then in theory, um, the, the energy sector should be great going forward. Can, 
Can I, before we move on, I just wanted to say something. A lot of people think that when we talk about the market going up or down, that they should be buying or selling stock, depending on what we're talking about. Really? Yeah, and I, I find that's quite often the case. We say, well, the market's going to go up, well, let's buy if it's going down, let's sell. But it's not about that because the market is the product of the stocks within it. So the All Lords is yeah. the product of the 500 stocks in it. The energy sector that you're talking about is a product of all the energy stocks within it, what they're doing. Yeah, and the bigger mm. stocks on our market dominate the All Ordinaries Index mm. and will have an influence. Like we've seen over the years when the financials were going down, our market was falling. When financials and materials were falling, our market was mm. falling. But when financials and materials were in opposition to each other, our market would go sideways a lot yeah. of the time. So what, I'm, what I was actually sort of saying is that yeah, you need to look at the sectors to look at where the best performing sector that you mm. think will be and then nut it down into the stock. So next mm. we need to look at the stocks we believe are likely to perform best in that sector. Or did you want to move on with that or not? Um, well, we're not giving them the stocks in this particular one because oh, okay. we're going... <laughs> that's, the, that's in the secret recording. Yeah, but that's the process, right? Okay. So this is all about the process and what we're doing. So we're actually looking at the energy mm. sector and we're saying we really like this from an upside potential point of view. And now it's about delving down into that to find the stocks within that sector. Hmm. But what I wanted to show them was there's okay. a comparison between the um, utilities and the energy sector. Ooh, okay. okay. So we've got the utility sector, which is falling still. Yes. So you and I always like to pick the underdog sectors that are not performing and then be prepared and waiting for when they Can turn I around. Can I add another person to that? A person called Buffett. Right. He says buy and doom, sell and boom. Mm -hmm. So he's always looking for what's really good, but underperforming. Yeah, exactly. Now, the challenge here is that there are stocks mm -hmm. that dominate this, as we said before. Mm -hmm. Now, for the energy sector, there might be a handful of stocks that dominate and weigh on the sector's movement. Well, it's the same thing with utilities. utilities. So it can, to me, this is what makes the Australian market much easier to trade than any other market, mm -hmm. particularly the US market. Because if you're a, like a kid in the lolly shop, you're going to really struggle with the US market oh, in terms yeah. of finding the stocks because there are so many. But in the Australian market, there are a few big ones that dominate. And, you know, for us, that's what I'm, you know, really wanting to talk about here. So just to show them the difference, if you have a look at the utility sector and how it's falling, AGL is a dominant stock within that sector at yeah, the moment. Yeah, it is. Very much And so. it's really still falling. We had a question about this one recently. Mm. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, correct, we did have that sort of stuff. Okay. Yeah, so that's an example of mm. looking at some of... So what are the big stocks driving this sector? Okay, we, we want to look at those to see whether there's an opportunity there if we so think the sector's... looking at the weightings, because I know like yeah. some stocks like Telstra is the heavyweight in the, in the telco sector. So yeah. there are other stocks within other sectors like... Cochlear or CSL. Yeah, and we've shown them before how to mm. go and find stocks in the sector on, you and know, the and how those. to order them according to market capitalisation. So they, it's a simple way of actually okay. working out so which are the big ones. So we look at the market, ones. the big picture. We break it down into yep. what sectors that we think are going to perform. Mm. But uh, then we look at the charts of those. Then we break it down and we look at the stocks we believe are likely to perform best within those sectors. Mm -hmm. So there's a process uh, a trained person will follow that makes looking at stocks so much easier when you have all of these steps in it. And that's I think right. that's where a lot of investors and traders fall down is they don't have a step-by-step -step process mm. uh, that they can go tick, done that, tick, done that, tick, done that, tick, done that. Yep. So where's, so what are we talking about now? So like we talked about before, mm -hmm. once you've chosen the areas of the market, so just because we're saying that we like energy and we're also watching utilities doesn't mean that they're the only sectors mm. we're looking at. 
you know, we'll always be keeping an eye on all sectors. That's just the way you've got to be across them all. Yeah. But there'll be times when some sectors, you've just got to be prepared for those and get ready to take the opportunities. And then, of course, we're going to be looking at, as an individual, mm -hmm. they'll be looking at the, their capital yep. and deciding the number of stocks and how they're going to go Which about like selecting the stocks. With Francois. Yeah, so Francois, you know, if he's got six now and he might mm -hmm. want to work up to 10 when we're managing client funds, we're actually choosing, uh, we're setting 10 positions from their capital mm -hmm. and then working out what stocks we're going to choose for their portfolios. We don't buy them all at once because, of course, you've got to wait for rules to trigger for that. Mm -hmm. But... Um, this is what we're. This is the process we're following. So there's another one, another point we've got. I had an interesting question from uh, one of our traders that I was mentoring the other day. One of our students that I was mentoring, and he, and he goes, "Well, when I'm selecting stocks for my portfolio, and let's say I'm starting out with zero, what what do you do first? Mm. Like, what stocks do I buy?" And I said, "Well, what Janine and I do is we do exactly like building a house. We lay foundations down. So what are good stocks that we can put in there first? the bigger ones, the ones that are a little bit more forgiving, but don't dump everything in at the one hit. Because mm. some people go, I've got 20,000, I'll buy all these stocks and get in the market straight away. Yeah, it's exactly. Going up. A good point. And so what some people do is they're, they're reading information online mm. and looking for what's hot at that moment. Hmm. So they might have come online and everyone might have been talking about GameStop or something like that. And then or they've gone Z1P and, or Afterpay or and whatever And that's it is, just yeah. not the way to do it. It's about having a watch list hmm. and being prepared with your analysis hmm. on the stocks, the sectors. And as Dale's saying, you know, it's about choosing quality over speculation, especially when mm. you're first starting out. And, Correct. and you might get to the end and think like Francois might get to, you know, number eight or nine and think, well, OK, maybe I want something that's a little bit different in my portfolio to round it off at the end depending on his strategy, but he's mm. got to have rules and filters for choosing those stocks that are personal to him. And we, yeah, and that's, and that's what we help people correct. to do. And I think mm. that's what's made it so easy for people who come through with us that, you know, they can now see a path and the steps to take. Okay. So you mm. got any tips on any stock or how people can pick their stocks? Yeah. Look, I think the first thing is we, we always talk about the trend is your friend and looking for stocks that are rising, yeah. but it's also about looking for stocks that could be bottoming out yep. and then having good rules to actually get the opportunities when they turn. So mm. it's about, you know, sitting back and waiting like you were talking about before and not being so trigger happy to get in. Now, I, I can remember talking to some people on the phone <laughs> who were telling me, oh, I can't help myself. I know that if I did the course, I'm just going to. And really, you don't because the course teaches you the discipline of how to do that. And eventually, you know, we weave that side of your, um, you know, that challenges you out of the whole picture and you get something into better structure. But it's about doing your own analysis to find the best rules to trade rather than doing things in a hit and miss approach. So that's really what we want for people and, and why we started this whole thing, because we saw so many people making mistakes and it's really upsetting when it can be made so much simpler. Oh, it is. And there was only a quote, a comment on the YouTube forum, sorry, YouTube thing on one of the videos I did, somebody saying, you know, Dale, you said people that bottom pick are cowboys, you know, you know, sort of why do you say that, you know? And the reason is, is because it's seriously high risk. Well, it sets them up for failure. It you sets know, them up for failure. It's like a casino thing. They could put the money on a roulette wheel and then find that the next number they get, they're losing and they're trying to chase the loss. So that's well, what happens with these types of trading approaches. It is. And it's like, if, I mean, how many cheap products have you bought in your life when you got them home or within a week later you go, geez, I wish I'd bought that. That's a bit of crap. Mm. You know, we do it all the time in life. We're trying to find the bargain or that cheap thing, but mm. it's not always the best. And in yeah. stocks, it's definitely not. And, and really, if something's cheap, it can get cheaper. Mm. Uh, you know, it might still be overvalued when it's dropped in price. But okay. you know, I think we can talk about that for a long time, couldn't we? We could. So why do people need to be 
careful this year. Ooh, mm, big one. question, isn't it? Well, you're talking about the COVID with the capital K almost, <laughs> isn't it? Like, you don't know because, yeah. yeah, we've got vaccines rolled out. Yeah, we, like, I mean, today I heard, you know, that London, you know, they had set of 9,000 cases a, a, a day that now they've hit 5,000. I was like, wow, that's still too many. I know. So, and we're not hearing anything much about what's going on in the US about um, how the COVID vo vaccine rollout's happening there. There could be more strains, more lockdowns. We don't know. We've got issues with the US economy at the moment. Uh, but it's not so much the, co you know, okay, look, COVID is a it. serious thing, but it's more what the people in the know, yeah, it's more the uncertainty and what the people in the know are going to do to mm. use that fear Correct. that will come up again at some stage during the year to scare people. So volatility is going to be one of the key yeah. things in this market mm -hmm. at the moment for this year. When yep. we And that volatility, we've seen that in the last couple of weeks where Everything on the chart saying it's going to go up, but it goes down, and everything says it's going to go down and went up again. Yeah. And it's done that again. You know, like last week it closed low, which suggests it should go down. Our market should go down, but it's gone up again. Mm. So Friday it might be down again. I don't know. Yeah. But... So they're really playing with it, aren't they? Yeah. So how do you avoid the impact of these? That's the other thing. As individuals, how do they avoid them? And that's really where a lot of people you know, say to me. I asked one comment today. You know, because I said on my market report on Monday, I said, you know, well, you know, if the market goes goes up this is what could happen, and if it goes down, this is what could happen. And people go, well, why are you telling me both sides? Just pick one side, Dale, and that's not what it's about. It's mm. about having a strategy no matter which direction the market goes. So because to me it doesn't matter, and I know it doesn't matter to you, which direction the market does goes, we don't care. All we care about is what are we doing with the stocks we own, and if we don't own stocks, are we buying stocks? That's really mm. what it is. Are we holding or selling or are we buying? Yeah, because if you've got quality stocks, they're much less likely to be vulnerable mm. Mm. in times of high volatility and when there are even mm. reporting season. Yeah. You know, you, you, the types of falls that you see on stocks that have lower liquidity Massive. that are just open to market, you know, manipulation, if you mm. like, then... So it's yeah. about rules. It's not about, you know, where the market's going. It's mm. about rules. And our role, very, very much your my role, is to educate or arm people with education because it's not what happens. It really is how you handle it that really does matter and to me that's where a lot of people don't plan and so a lot of the questions we get from people about oh, I've got this stock what do I do well mm. that should have been answered before you bought the stock yep and to me that's big and that shares with people they don't have a plan so having a plan means you know where you're going and if you're going from A to B in a car you know how to get there because the GPS is going to tell you give you exact directions how mm. to get there but people don't set their own GPS with their own strategies for investing or trading. Yeah, that's really good. Mm. Okay, um, so now let's get into some of the emails, shall we? Are we finished on that one? Oh, I was so excited. Do you still want to keep going or is that your last words of mm. wisdom there? I could be going on for hours on this one, couldn't <laughs> I? But anyway, so hopefully you've got some great points on that, but let's get into some emails. Okay, before we um, do, actually, what, hit that subscribe button now, I dare you. And whilst you're there, give us a big thumbs up, click the like button. Also, tonight we have a question from Jim. So this is our first question in the second half. Hi, Dale and Janine. Hoping you can have a look at Costa Group for me. I purchased at 380 and it seems to be struggling to get through resistance at 420. Wondering what your thoughts are on it. And it seems to spend long periods in sideways moves and my money might be better invested elsewhere. Thanks, Jim. I like his thinking, mm. but it is actually starting to go up. I for like once, it. Which is really So nice, obviously he's probably bought it around November, but he didn't say, but he said he bought it at around that 380, which is where the green line is. It's just moved. I love it. I you see, he's not looking at the history of the chart because no. this stock does that and repeats that over time before it has a decent run. Mm. So let's have a look back here off the bottom when people in the know were accumulating the stock. 
And then eventually mm. it showed a sign of strength here and confirmation that it was actually going to go up in September. You know, there's another sideways move. It but makes it a sideways resist, move here. Has it got resistance at 420? And I wouldn't suggest it has, really. Well, it might have some short term, you know, bit, if you're looking at major. really short. No, nothing at this point anyway. Um, if you're looking at the, the bigger picture, which you should look at the monthly chart as well, you can see that the the, the resistance overhead is probably higher. It's probably more like 550. Yeah, I, look, I don't mm. have an issue with this, mate. And I think yeah, if we if the market stays bullish, I think it's going to go through those levels and do really, really well. So that's what I'm thinking anyway. But good stock. I do like it. Now, the next question we have came from a good-looking gentleman called David who says, Hello, Dale and Janine. Could you please give me your opinion of Service Stream SSM? The company has very good dividend together with 100% franking. It also has some long-term contracts with Telstra and others, yet the stock keeps falling. Uh, would a reason be short selling? Thank you both for your great insights. Much appreciated, David. Can you stop radiating heat? I'm just so cooking in here, I tell you. Jeez. I just get excited when we get great questions like we've got. So It must be that. Okay, so this stock, it looks like it's going down to me. Yeah, which is look, fair that, I'd say um, a couple of weeks ago, this particular one here gave it away, didn't it? What Absolutely. was that? That was in December 2020. That really gave it away. So, um, But looking at the, the chart, if it finds support over the next month or so, there is a possibility. Mm. It really needs to get back above $190 to $2 in a real hurry. Otherwise, this thing could go south, like Dale's saying. Yeah, he doesn't say... I'm looking at his email. He doesn't say he's... Um, had bought it or not, and he doesn't say whether he owns it or whether he's looking to buy it. So to me right now, I wouldn't be looking to buy it. I'd just yeah. be watching it, David. I really yeah, that's a good be. point because some people see a stock fall and they think it's cheaper, which is not the case when you're looking at it from the no, big picture. Some stocks it? will go sideways for ages, yeah. won't they? Mm. They'll hit, hit a level and just go sideways on you. So right now, it'd, if you got it on your watch list, just keep it there until it gives you some signs it's going to go up. Yeah, it might have some great contracts with Telstra and yeah, it might be fully frank dividend yield, but unless people want to buy the stock, it ain't going up. It's pretty much as similar as yep. that. And right now it's not going up. So Now, the next question we have is from Rob. Hi, Janine and Dale. When I first read your book, I started using stop losses immediately. However, they aren't quite that straightforward, are they? I love his question. I'm currently learning by trial and error and that a stop loss is the Good. last form of defence to protect your capital, not an exit strategy. Well, it is actually an exit strategy, but it, you're right. It's, it's, hey, it's the last form of defence, yeah. I recently had a stock LNK fall through my stop loss. When setting a stop loss in Comsec, the trigger and price limit must be set closely. Otherwise, Comsec rejects the stop loss condition. Is this a common requirement or problem when setting stop losses? If your stock falls through your price limit, is that just bad luck, says Rob? You go for it. Great question. Mm -hmm. Well done, Rob. He must be intelligent and good looking like me. Okay. <laughs> That's awesome question. You are correct. A stop, um, a stop loss is actually exactly what it is, stop loss. And it's about protection of capital. It's not in theory an exit strategy. It's a thing that says to you that that's enough. I've drawn my line in the sand because I know there's only two things I can control with the market. Is one is when I get in and one is when I get out. That's it. And the stock will do whatever it wants, uh, whenever it wants and however it wants. And so whilst all the analysis we do might suggest it's going to do one thing, it can do another thing because an announcement may come out the next day and the CEO's done something stupid and it falls through the floor. So we have a stop loss to protect our capital, first and foremost. But once a stock's in profit, that's when we have exit strategies, which could be trend-following exit strategies, volatility strategies, momentum strategies, a whole range of different exit strategies. So you are correct. 
um, a stop loss is. And that's what we were talking about a little bit earlier, wasn't it? Like mm. stop loss exit strategies can be confusing. And, you know, like I don't know how many times we've said it on this show before, but Janine and I really just are seriously scratching the surface and a lot of on, on what we talk about here and what we're teaching you is is almost nothing compared to what we teach in our courses. And a lot of people constantly send emails saying, I'm saying learning so much. Saying how much they're much getting out of this. Out of this. And I went, wow, geez, we've just like, we've just like having our first drink at a party. Yeah. We haven't even got into second gear and chasing around everybody, you know. Mm. So to me, you are Do you are chase correct. around people at parties, do you? Oh, why not? Truth comes out. Well, when my wife lets me out, I go wild. <laughs> so that's why she never lets me out of her side. Oh, okay. It's, it's, but you are right. So stop losses are separate to exit strategies. Now let's get into ComSec. Okay. So he said a stop loss in the system and, and rightly he said mm. that the stop loss, the broker requires it to be close to the price they're currently trading at. Now, unless you're in a really volatile stock, let's say you've got a BHP or you've got a, a Commonwealth Bank itself, then I, I personally don't set stop losses in their system ever. Um, unless yeah, I why can't. do they allow that? That's the question, okay, right? Good. You just have to. You've watched some of our shows before. For those who have watched us talk about things like mm. this on Flicks, whose interest is it? It's the broker's interest. Well, why wouldn't they give people the flexibility to do more then? If you otherwise? want to exit at this, then why can't they set it lower? That's yeah. your choice. Mm. Why? Why do they make it have to be close to the market? And the reason why they make it close to the market is because they know the market can be volatile. So it dips below your price, you exit the trade, and then it goes up again, and you've been stopped out. You have to buy back in again. So it's creating more transactions. That's really what it's about. So when you're trading, unless again, it's, unless one of two things are happening, one. It's a really volatile stock and you want to make sure you get out at a certain price and then you might put a guaranteed stop loss on something and you pay a bit extra for that. But if you if you can if you can watch it, you don't really need to watch it all the time. And that's Especially really if you're why, trading the right stocks. If you're trading the right stocks and, and we teach our traders to wait, in most cases, wait for the market to close before making a buy or sell decision, which means the next morning you can put your trade on. So if it triggers your stop loss, and it's closed. Let's say today it's triggered a stop loss on a stock for me. Tomorrow morning I'll get in and I'll just put my exit price, put my exit trade in, and then off it goes. That's pretty much it. And then, but some people say, but what if it gaps down tomorrow? What if it does that? That's it's unusual. just one trade. That's in just how many trade. trades are you going to take potentially? It's so know? minute, and that's mm. where some people focus on the wrong things, not the right things. Mm -hmm. I love this question. I yeah, think it's, it's a really good. well thought out question, and I, I do applaud you for asking the question, but. Um, well done. Send us some more questions. All right. We've got an email from Tim. Hi, guys. I'm an ex-student and wanted you to cast your eye over a stock. I'm sure you would know well being in the ASX top 20 IAG. It's been falling for a while, but feel price action has stabilised and showing good potential reversal price action with an entry signal, depending on what rules you're applying. In the short term, I'm looking at price moving higher, 20% to 650 resistance level. The two-year EPS guidance looks strong also. Cheers, Tim. Interesting that he's looked at the fundamentals as well, which is good. Mm. So, But looking at IAG, we've talked yeah. about this on a previous show. I think maybe it was a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, we did. And, you know, it's looking quite interesting given that it's Looks better coming than AMP. Oh, yeah, it looks better than what it was some weeks ago. It's trading along that bottom and looking quite interesting now. So... You know, I, I actually do like uh, the stock. It's just a question of when you would buy and on what rules. I had the, mm. I had the Sydney Morning Herald contacting me 
um, yesterday. I said yesterday, I think it was, and they wanted to comment on AMP and their long-suffering shareholders, and I commented back, get the gun out of your hand. Because, right. I mean, geez, if you don't AMP since it floated, you'd just be wanting to commit suicide almost, wouldn't you? I don't really? think you should say that. I shouldn't say that, no. Right, can I, you'd can just I be hit terrible. you now? Yeah, you can hit me anytime you like. Yeah. Now, you haven't said a swear word, a four-letter word, once on the show tonight, so I haven't been able to ring that jar. And, you know, after a previous show, he told me that he swore and I didn't pick it up because I was so engrossed in some of the analysis that we're doing and I missed it. So mm. I'm just really cross at the producer for not actually telling me in my ear that he said it so that I could get him. I think you he, should give he said people he tried. a prize if they pick me up yeah, swearing. Yeah, if you pick him up, I'll take that after the show and then on the next show we have to get him to put some money in the jar. Absolutely. Well, I think you should but give look, more than that. Just back on IAG because oh. he's talking about this stock and, you know, above I a certain level. for whatever I said. Yeah, and if you think a stock's yeah. got the potential to go up higher, then when you get a rule, you're just going to buy it, aren't you? But this looks better than AMP. I mean, mm. insurance companies have been really hard hit since yeah. since the GFC. But it's not about that. It's about what this guy's saying. Yeah. Right. So, like, you know, if you and I are analysing a stock, the mm. one of the and this is what we teach our students. One of the first things we're looking for once we've decided. Um, mm. You know, and the rules we're going to use is, is there sufficient upside to Correct. take the trade to justify the risk? He's saying there is. So, you know, I don't know whether he's done all of that analysis. Nope. You know, we don't, we don't know that. But until um, the stock starts moving higher again, then th at the moment I don't see a reason to pick it up. No. Um, but, but I, I still mean, think looking at it, it's got some good upside potential. But he hasn't put on his buy and sell rules up. or anything on there, which is not necessarily relevant for all of this sort of, uh, for this thing. But he said it's been falling a while. Um, showing good potential and some people showing. could be in it depending on where, mm. what rules they had I mean it's possible yeah. but you know right now given it's going sideways just off that bottom so yeah, if, you, if it trades above that sort of 560 level yeah I'd probably get a little bit more interested in it and everything else but there needs to be good upside in it um, but it could be easily just trade sideways for all couldn't it yeah what happens when you've seen a stock that just takes mm. off through a mm. potential level that you were going to buy it at you know that's mm. always a challenge too isn't it oh, so yeah. you, so this is another thing that we teach people mm. about is to be prepared for what could happen and that's why we have you know um, analysis on the upside if a stock rises and also on the downside if it falls away. So well, they should be sending you the email at trading for trading support, shouldn't he? Yeah, well, if he's a student, he's, he should be coming along to trading support and then we can talk to you there and help you. Pull the trading plan apart mm. and help him from that sort of stuff. So that's it on IAG. So what's next, Janine? Okay. Is it me again? Is it? Oh, yeah. that's right. You weren't ready for your question, so I took it. Stole um, it. We have an email from Warnsey. Oh, good on you, Warnsey. Good to have you back. Good to hear from you again um, on the show because, look, I always like it when people Come back. send another email in and we hear from you again. People, some people, we get one email and they disappear and I wonder what, what's happened to you. Mm. Hi, Janine and Dale. I hope you're doing well. Could you take a look at Telstra for all of us, please? This yes. is a nice, big, juicy stock on the market. Looks like it's proving that it's heading up. I would like to purchase. Thanks. All right, Warnsey. Well, we've got Telstra there on the screen and it does look good, doesn't it? Well, I'll put it this way. For somebody who hated Telstra for 10 years, I think this looks awesome. <laughs> it looks... So it's now finally taking off and there's a possibility this could be a long-term rise. Now, we haven't got that confirmed on the monthly yet, but mm. it, it has gone up for four straight months, which is something that it hasn't done for quite a while. So that's a really positive sign for Telstra. Well, the positive sign was like it. looking mm. at it, it. It announced its report last week. Mm. Uh, it's uh, what I'm talking about. It's, it's January. It was what I'm thinking half yearly report. 
It's mm -hmm. half. I was just thinking where this year you're halfway to, because some companies report on different times. Yeah. So, um, and it had a bit of a down. It didn't make as much profit that it expected, but the stock still went up mm. because of what's expected over the next coming years. Correct. So, so a lot of investors may have looked at that report, gone, "Oh." It, yeah, but sometimes that's because what gets printed mm. in the media could yeah. be one or two lines and all they see is what's actually been done, mm. not what's forecast or what, you know, they don't get to read between the lines because mm. the detail's not there. Don't you love those reports where they take a quote out of somebody's speech, whether it be a politician oh, yeah. or whoever, and they've made this one liner or, and then we think, oh, that's what it is. But that's not what they actually said. It, was, it ended mm. up being taken out of context because we didn't hear the other side. Yeah. Constantly frustrates me. Oh, yeah. I mean, we don't get biased news, do we? No. <laughs> okay. okay, so Telstra. thumbs up on Telstra. We, we like it. This is a stock that we always have on our watch list and because um, mm. it's one of the big stocks. So as we said before in the in the topic for the show, you take the stocks that are the heavyweights in the sector often because yep. if they're if the sector's moving, it'll be because these are driving it. It's playing a reasonable dividend. Mm. Yep. It's likely to be more medium to longer term bullish. Mm -hmm. Great stock for super funds, for self-managed super funds and things like that. Yep. Great great stock to, if it is more medium to longer term bullish, it's a great stock for your underpin your portfolio like we were talking about before, setting a nice solid foundation. So stocks like Macquarie Bank mm. or you know, CBA, like yep. BHPs, your Rios, Westpacs. your Westpacs, your mm. Cochleas. This is another one of those when it does trend, it's gonna trend really, really well for you. Yep. Um, and so at the moment, given what we've seen in the last month and especially because it went up when on Look, a I, I never completely report. rely on Telstra to, mm. to bring home the bacon because oh, no. it's a Telstra, steady plotter. Yeah, but it's a steady plotter, but it can turn on a dime. Mm -hmm. So that's the other side you need to be thinking turn about and dime. having a that's really a good, good set of rules to manage it. So it's Okay. <laughs> Jeez, okay, well let's get into the next question. All right. Estia, Estia Health. Hang okay. on, I've got to read the question, girl. Well, I'm going to start on the Sit stock. on your hands for a second. Jeez. She's so champing at the bit oh. to get into the stock. Now, the final email from tonight is from Eric. So thanks, Eric. I saved you. Uh, good evening, Janine and Dale. Love your show. Reading Dale's second book. Um, I own EHE shares. They're traveling well at the moment. Would like to know what your thoughts on this stock. Thanks in advance, Eric. So now you can go onto the yeah, chart. Yeah, I think it's because I'm dying here. It's, we're having a heat wave in the What's studio. 30 degrees in Melbourne. Um, and I think it's about 38 here. <laughs> um, looking at Estia Health, really liking this share. And I, I don't know whether someone's bought mm. this one up on the sh show. I haven't seen this one, I don't think, for a while. But it looks great the way that it's unfolding at the moment. So Looking longer really term, nice. you'd have to say that it's got the potential to move higher now um, over the coming months. And the next level looks like it's somewhere between $2.50 mm. and $3. So it looks quite good at the moment, doesn't it? So you're talking sort of if we sort of roughly where it is, so... To sort of that sort of level, 250 down around about here. To yeah, it's not one I follow all the time. Um, you know, liquidity issues, are, you know, for us, obviously, with the, yeah. with direct equity. But, you know, for, for people, individuals, it could be a good stock to have on the watch list. I've never looked at it before. So, mm -hmm. but I mean, it's only a newer stock. It only floated when whatever that is back there in 2014. It's all time high back there. So it's sort of done the AMP and fallen for a long period of time. But it looks like it's it's starting to do a little bit better. But let's put the volume on it just to have a bit of a look at it, um, and we can see. I don't like. I'm not seeing increasing. You've got it volumes. on monthly. Do you want to put it on the weekly? It's it makes it more the, sense. That's okay. I'm I keeping you on that. your toes. Interesting here. Look at the volumes through here. It's expanded through that over a little bit, but now going down to lower levels again. But it was more volume going through here. What did that tell you? 
-hmm. A lot of volume coming through here. So that's a lot of, um, and what we're seeing here is because we're seeing this moving sideways, this would probably be a lot of accumulation, I would suggest, by the big end of town or bigger players on the market. And what they tend to do is they buy in just enough parcels to keep the price roughly around the same time. They don't want to create competition. So they keep buying and it creates this sort of accumulation. But eventually people start to cotton on and then they've got to start fighting for the shares and it starts breaking up. So this is interesting. So it'd be interesting to see whether I'd like to see more volume on this breakout, but it's not. Yeah, it's I'd also like to see whether they've reported or when they're reporting. Mm. Yeah. Because be, that could be important as well. Yeah, so I'm not really sure, but right now it looks really, really good. I do like the stock. Mm -hmm. um, so anyway, okay. thank you very much for your question, and I'm glad I get to, got to read that out for you. Now, our question to you this week is, of all the topics we've covered in recent months, which one did you enjoy the most and why? Now, the more people who respond, the more likely we will continue to present topics you want, uh, and the more you gain when you watch the show. We'd love to hear your view, so share your thoughts in the comments section below. Yeah. Now, we hope you've enjoyed the show tonight and a big thank you to all those who participated. Remember, you can call our office on 1300 858 272 or email us at info at wealthwithin.com.au. If you need any support and have questions about our courses, now someone was surprised to hear from me the other day. Mm. Um, also, yeah. if you haven't done so already, remember to hit that subscribe button and like the video and put this show into your calendar to join us on the live show every Tuesday at 7 to 8 p.m. If you would like to have your question answered on the show, if you have a topic that you'd like us to cover, send in your email to info at wealthwithin.com.au and remember, type Wealth Within Live in the subject line. If you, can, if you try to send the emails on the website, we'd prefer that you actually send the email directly to info at wealthwithin.com.au, no, we please. Said send your email. Don't put it on the website. <laughs> Do as we're asking. If you well, do. I was trying to be a bit nicer about it, so Dale's just telling you <laughs> the way it is. So send an email. That's yeah. what I want. You know, but, uh, but anyway, as always, thank you for joining us tonight. We really do hope you had a great week, and we look forward to joining us again next week. But for now, goodbye, good luck, and good trading. Bye for now. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Wealth Within, a global leader in stock market education. For more information on our courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre.